0: Good morning, and welcome to Overeaters Anonymous, the Vision for You Big Book Study. My name is Melanie C, and I'm a recovered compulsive overeater. Today is Tuesday, October 21st, 2014. Today we are reading from the Big Book, and we are on page XXVIII, paragraph 4. Today's readers are The Twelve Steps, Mary H., Twelve Traditions, Diane G., Reading the text, Kim G, Sally A, Marie P, Rachel M. The reference number for yesterday, Monday, October 20th, 2014, 6968, 6968, the OA preamble. Overeaters Anonymous is a fellowship of individuals who, through shared experience, strength and hope, are recovering from compulsive overeating. I will now ask Mary H. to read the 12 steps. Good morning. This is Mary H. in Connecticut, Recovered Compulsive Overeater. Step 1. We admitted we were powerless over food, that our lives had become unmanageable. 2. Came to believe that a power greater than ourselves could restore us to sanity. 3. Made a decision to turn our will and our lives over to the care of God as we understood Him. 4. Nine, made direct amends to such people wherever possible, except when to do so would injure them or others. Ten, continued to take personal inventory, and when we were wrong, promptly admitted it. Eleven, sought through prayer and meditation to improve our conscious contact with God as we understood Him, praying only for knowledge of His will for us and and the power to carry that out. And step 12, having had a spiritual awakening, as a result of these steps, we try to carry this message to compulsive overeaters and to practice these principles in all of our affairs. Thank you for letting me do this Thank you. I will now ask Diane G to read the 12 traditions. Good morning, everyone. This is Diane G from New Hampshire. Grateful to be doing the traditions this morning. Number one, our common welfare should come first. Eleven, our public relations policy is based on attraction rather than promotion. We need always maintain personal anonymity at the level of press, radio, films, television, and other media of communication. And twelve, anonymity is the spiritual foundation of all these traditions, ever reminding us to place principles before personalities. Thank you, and I pass. Thank you. Everyone's phone, except the speaker, should be muted. And today we resume our study at the Big Book on page XXVIII, paragraph 4, starting with men and women drink essentially.
1: So exciting.
0: Okay. Um, men and women drink essentially because they like the effect produced by alcohol. The sensation is so elusive that while they admit it is injurious, they cannot, after a time, differentiate the true from the false. To them, their alcoholic life seems the only normal one. They are restless, irritable, and discontented unless they can again experience a sense of ease and comfort, which comes at once by taking a few drinks. Drinks which they see others taking with impunity. After they have succumbed to the desire again, as so many do, and the phenomenon of craving develops, they pass through the well known stages of a spree, emerging remorseful with a firm resolution not to drink again. This is repeated over and over, and unless this person can experience an entire psychic change, there is very little hope of his recovery. And good morning, everyone. My name is Kim G, and I'm a recovered compulsive overeater from South Jersey. And I get all tingly every time I read this paragraph. And I wasn't here yesterday, so I'm not sure how you discussed this. But I want to concentrate on one word. But before I do that, they're talking here about the interaction of the allergy of the body, obsession of the mind. So we're chasing an effect. It's not the taste of the food that we're chasing, we're chasing an effect. So that's why I will eat spoiled food burnt food, food that isn't cooked yet, because it's the effect that I'm looking for. And the restless irritability, discontentment is not while I'm in the food. That is abstinence. When I'm abstinent, I get restless. I get irritable and discontent. We often hear we feel better when we're abstinent. That is so true. I feel anxiety better, depression better, fear better. And that is why I succumb to the desire again. And that's what I want to look at. That word succumb. So I look that up in the dictionary. Succumb means to give way to a superior force, to yield, to surrender. That's what we have to understand. When we're abstinent, absence is my problem. And what I do is I succumb to the desire, the mental obsession that tells me the food is going to give me ease and comfort. You know, one of the disservices, I, I believe my opinion, we do an OA, and I know it's my personal truth, is that we say slip. My food is sloppy. I've had a slip. We have to understand that we're succumbing to the desire again. And I'll give you two examples. I got two phone calls. One girl told me she had a slip, and when I called her back, she told me what happened. She had dessert at a restaurant with her family. I said, so, okay, so let's define a slip. A slip is you're out to eat, you ask for a dessert menu, you decide what you want, the, the uh, waiter goes away for a couple minutes, the waiter comes back, and he gives you the dessert and you eat it. That is not a slip. That is succumbing to the desire again. Another one I hear with sloppy is they'll have, someone will have the whole grain version of their food. They'll have the diabetic form of candy and say it's a slip. We have to get real clear that we succumb to the desire again. That is what I'm doing. I am succumbing. We are making a decision. I have never, ever had a food jump into my mouth without my permission. And one thing we've got to get clear on, too, and this is what I'll end with, is the steps do not treat the allergy. We cannot be in the food and work the steps and hope to get abstinence. We have to get abstinent first so that we can treat the obsession of the mind. Because if we can treat the desire, if we can treat the mental obsession, which is what the steps do, and when we get to step 10 and we, we have that spiritual awakening, the miracle is I'm not going to want the food. My reality today is I do not want the food. And if I do not want the food, I'm not going to pick up the food. And if I don't pick up the food, I'm not going to trigger the allergy. And if I don't trigger the allergy, I'm not going to be in this vicious cycle. And with that, I pass. Thank you. Who would like to comment on what was read? This is
2: Larry.
0: Hi, Hi, Larry. Hi, Dennis. Leah. And we'll go with those four and with that then we can re- move on. I did hear Rabia and then Leia. So let's go with those four and then we can move on. Good morning, Larry. Good
3: morning, Melanie. Thanks so much for your service. Uh, Larry, Recovered Compulsive Reader from Chicago, Larry K. Um Kim did such a wonderful job as she always does um, in explaining this. So, um, I'll just focus in uh, at the bottom, you know, again, uh, this is repeated over and over. Unless the person can experience an entire psychic change, there is very little hope of his recovery. You know the word "unless." Um, I don't know if you if you can find another way to do this. You know, either you're not a compulsive reader like me, you don't have an alcoholic mind like me, or you know maybe you are a compulsive reader and you've you've come up with something different that removes this uh, obsession, of the mind that drives it out. And if if you're the latter, please call me. And I'm not being sarcastic. I really want to hear because I, I want to carry the message that helps to get people well. I just, um, in my time and, you know, and what I read historically, I, I haven't heard of this other solution, but I want to I wanna know about it. For me, my experience is, see, I don't believe based on my experience that there is another solution. If you have an alcoholic mind of my variety, and my variety, I'm the real deal. I'm a real compulsible reader. I'm a, I'm a, I'm a gutter, compulsible reader. When I take a, a, the first bite of that substance, it takes me, and I don't need to go out and research it anymore. You may still be, you know, um, a part of the research committee, and, and that's okay. It's where you are. We love you still. You know, and when you're ready, you're ready. But for me, what happened is, as it says here, unless that person can experience an entire psychic change, there is very little hope of his recovery. And I, my experience is there's no hope. There was no hope of my recovery until I experienced a complete, vital, spiritual transformation. And how did I get that? That's what this, these first 164 pages are about. I had to work the steps precisely. And if I work them precisely, not perfectly, because there's no perfect, um, but precisely, uh, I would have this complete vital spiritual transformation, this spiritual awakening, this psychic change. They're all synonymous. And when I did, that obsession of mine was absolutely driven out, and it has not revisited me since that time. And here's the last, I'll finish up with this. Most importantly for me, is that I have also a peace and serenity in the midst of calamity and challenge because life still happens. People die. People lose jobs. People, you know, economic insecurity visits us, but I don't, my life is not ruled by fear anymore. It's not ruled by anxiety anymore. This program, it's that's the gift. That's the gift that I received, and I'm so grateful. Thank God for Alcoholics Anonymous. And with that, I'll pass. Thanks. Thank you. Janice M.
4: Yes, good morning to you, uh, Melanie and everyone. My name is Janice M. I'm a, a grateful, recovered, compulsive overeater. I am so happy we're doing this. We're going over this because this is so, so powerful. Well, this is a paragraph that screeches out powerlessness. You know, this paragraph tells me, this is talking when I'm stone cold abstinent, okay, Um it talks about i want to talk about the word sensation and elusive, well, sensation, you know it's that physical feeling, oh, it's that that feeling I get, you know that ease and comfort, um the perspective resulting from and elusive is it's so hard to understand because I forget I forget what it does, you know um. To me, I, I just know what it does for me. So, so elusive that I, I can't understand it because the pain is not enough to stop me. That was for me. It, you know, it, well, okay, I can start again tomorrow. You know, the pain is not enough to stop me. Um, the alcoholic life—I mean, I mean—the the compulsive overeating life. All right, is not necessary. So I have distorted thinking. You know, but when I'm abstinent, I'm very uncomfortable because, see, normal for me becomes abnormal. And the abnormal (laughs) becomes normal. Um, You see, so now that's why I succumb to the desire again. It's so elusive, and 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 it's crazy. And this is a whole paragraph on powerlessness because we're going to see what happens when we have hope and we have power. And with that,
5: I pass. Thank you.
0: Thank you. Rabia M.
5: Good morning, everyone. This is Rabia M. uh, from New York, a recovered compulsive overeater, and I'm in Atlanta visiting my daughter, and um, I'm so grateful that we're doing this paragraph again. Uh, I was so happy to listen yesterday and now again today, and I um am almost speechless with the power of this because this is the one paragraph that has totally changed my life and it happened just this past April decades I've been in in AA and OA and um and never never really understood this phenomenon of craving and so over and over and over, I repeated gaining weight, losing weight, hundreds of pounds, gaining and losing. Um, And because I never understood this phenomenon of craving, I never understood why I must live in 10, 11, and 12, that I must have I must have a psychic change and then do everything I need to do for the daily reprieve in 10, 11, and 12. And and I never, ever understood that. So, of course, I would get to, to the 10th step. I would have lost the weight again. The promises would be coming true. And I would rest on my laurels and over and over and over. And that's exactly what my cycle has been. And so... Um, I'm I'm just I'm so grateful like I said we're doing this um, this again this is so so powerful this, this is the um, core of of my new of being recovered uh, right here understanding this is so essential and I'm so deeply grateful that today I really understand that I can never, ever safely eat my binge foods, my alcoholic foods, not even a taste, never, ever safely. And I do really understand that today. And thank you, visionaries.
2: And with that, I pass.
1: Thank you. Leah M.
2: Thank you so much, Mel, for your service. Good morning, everybody. I'm Leah M, recovered compulsive overeater. Yeah, wonderful to. Uh, read this paragraph again, because it it describes so well um, my twofold illness of allergy of the body and obsession of the mind. You know, I've stopped, you know, we all talk about putting down our binge foods. I've stopped thousands of times. How do you stay stopped? You know, it goes on to say they are restless, irritable, and discontented unless they can again experience a sense of ease and comfort, which comes at once by taking a few drinks. I mean, I have put down the food thousands of times. You see, when I abstain from my binge foods, when I'm off of them for a while, I don't know about your disease, but I can tell you about mine, I feel very uncomfortable. I start feeling deprived. I was impatient. I start feeling on edge. I'm jealous of other people that get to engage in those types of foods and eating behaviors. I get restless. I get irritable. I get discontent. That's how my disease uh, operates. And those feelings, those thoughts crowd my mind and they get so increasingly loud that at some point, could be a day, could be a week, could be a few hours, I have to shut them up. And the only way I know how to shut them up and get the relief is to pick up those that first bite. And the big book calls this The obsession of the mind. My main problem centers in my mind. So although the allergy of the body is a bad problem, I have a problem much worse than that because all of a sudden I change my mind and taking a bite of those binge foods seems like the best idea I have had in a long, long time. And I will pursue that first bite. And for some reason, you know, I make that decision. I cannot remember the suffering. I can't remember the suffering, the humiliation, the shame, the tears that I had, the discussions of divorce. I could not remember that because that strange mental twist uh, occurs in me that makes thinking about food uh, force out all thoughts to the contrary. And that is the mental twist. So the big book suggests I have this defective mind. I am inherently flawed, and I'm suffering from an obsession, also suffering from an allergy, but I'm suffering from this obsession where I will succumb. My consciousness, that idea floats around in my consciousness and dominates it in such a way that all other ideas to the contrary, like the consequences and the pain, Of picking up all those ideas are shoved aside and I'm possessed by this idea and of course the big book is going to tell me here in this paragraph that this is repeated over and over and unless this person can experience an entire psychic change there's very little hope of his recovery and that's what the rest of the steps are for the steps are designed to relieve me of that mental obsession and restore me to sanity and that's exactly what has happened for me Through taking the 12 steps, I've been relieved of the obsession for food. It's gone. I don't feel deprived. I'm restored to sanity. That was true for me. That can be true for you, too. That's the message of hope that this big book delivers. And with that, I pass. Thanks. Thank you.
0: And with that, we will read on to page XXIX, starting with On the Other Hand. Sally, would you read that paragraph one on that page for us, please? Yes, good morning, a vision for you, and good morning, Mel. Thank you again for your service to all of us. I'm Sally A., a recovered compulsive overeater. On the other hand, and strange as this may seem to those who do not understand, once a psychic change has occurred, the very same person who seemed doomed, who had so many problems, he just... of ever solving them, suddenly finds himself easily able to control his desire for alcohol, the only effort necessary being that required to follow a few simple rules. Well, we're starting here with the sentence on the other hand. And what are they talking about? What was the first hand? Well, the first hand was the sentence before it where it told us this cycle was repeated over and over, and unless, okay, here's the warning. Unless this person can experience an entire psychic change, there is very little hope of his recovery. That looks an awful lot like doom and gloom. But now, moving on, it tells us, but on the other hand, okay, wait a minute, and strange it this may seem, To those who do not understand, because if you haven't experienced this, you're not going to get it. If you haven't tasted ice cream, it's impossible to explain what it tastes like. If you haven't been to the top of of a mountain, it's hard to really explain how incredibly splendid and glorious that experience is. Okay, I can go on and give you lots of other examples. You get it. Once a psychic change has occurred and my my favorite part of that psychic change is the word change once a change has occurred the very same person who seemed doomed sort of like seemed hopeless which we've seen a number of times these doctors dr uh, carl jung and dr silkworth spoke of being that these were seemingly hopeless well these same people that seemed doomed who had so many problems who despaired of ever solving that. They're not just talking about the food here. So many problems. They had a life problem. I was isolative. I was lethargic, continually lethargic. I was exhausted from the the food in my body. I was compulsive, not just with the food. I was compulsive with TV, with romance novels, with shopping, with with anything that I loved, anything I liked. I was compulsive. Um, I had poor judgment. I said things that I never should have said to people. I had no restraint of pen and tongue. Okay, so many problems he, the spirit of ever solving them, suddenly find himself easily able to control his desire for alcohol, <clears throat> the only effort necessary being that required to follow a few simple rules. And, of course, they're referring to the 12 steps. Thanks for letting me share with that pass. Thank you, Sally. Who would like to comment on what was read? Marcella. Jay. Anita? Jay? Lauren. I hear Marcella. I hear Sue G, and uh please the next one. Va- Anita J. Anita J. And Lauren. Thank you. Florence. let's go with those, and then we can catch up with the rest. Thank you so much. Marcella, please, first. Um, thank you. Um, my name is Marcella. I'm a recovered compulsive overeater. Um, it's so great to be reminded of these words that saved my life. Um, what this paragraph tells me is that the good doctor was not an alcoholic because I still cannot control my desire to overeat. I just don't. Um, there's a difference between control and surrender. and But to stranger eyes, you know, for, for foreigners or for civilians, people who don't understand what we're going through, it might seem like I'm controlling my desire to eat. Um, I go to social functions all the time, and, 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 you know, I easily abstain from foods that are alcoholic to me, and other people think that I just have this, Incredible discipline and this incredible willpower, but I don't even care to understand, to explain to them that I surrender to a higher power and and that's the way I don't it so it is so deceptible, simple that it is very easy to me as I did for decades, you know trying to control, trying to exert my will, um, demanding a psychic change, demanding a psychic change. And if you're struggling, if you're right now thinking, I wonder if these people, what what is wrong with me as I did so many years? What is wrong with me? How can I always go back to eat what I'm not supposed to eat in volumes that is not that is not suitable for anybody, alcoholic or not? Why do I do such a thing? Well it's just so easy. I have a physical allergy. I have an obsession of the mind. I cannot overcome my obsession of the mind unless I get together with people like you and together humbly ask a higher power to help us and rescue us from this help. And so if you're just struggling and, and, and if you need to put the foot down today, just join us. Just believe that we're telling you the truth, because why shouldn't I tell you the truth? I have absolutely nothing, no expectations, but just to share the good news. This is real. This is true. It happened to me. It happened to many others. And and it can happen to you today.
1: Thanks a lot. Thank you. Good morning. It's
0: Suji. Thanks, Melanie, for facilitating, and thanks, everyone, for sharing and listening. And I'm a recovered person in uh, greater Philadelphia, the city of sisterly love and brotherly. And, um, oh, this is a very fine paragraph, and I'm reading it and thinking, now, how did Dr. Silkworth know this? on the other hand and strange as this may seem to those who do not understand and so forth about the psychic change the the reframing of the whole situation the change of ideas emotions and attitudes that comes out of this whole step work process wow that's where we'll go but we have this this change that's happened well I was thinking about this in kind of universalist terms because uh, Dr. Silkworth, to me, clearly was one of us. He, He was sort of disguised, but he was one of us. He was working out his own issues in his doctoring, and he, from the very beginning, loved alcoholics. I imagine when he was a medical student, he caught alcoholism. At least he thought he had it the way that, that all medical students think they have every single disease they study. So what about this, those who do not understand? Well, he was one who understood. He experienced this stuff. He he felt for us, and he knew there was a part of himself that was just like us. So when in the previous paragraph, I was thinking that, that um, you know, Men and women drink because they like the effects produced by alcohol. The sensation is so elusive that while they admit it is injurious, they cannot after a time differentiate the true from the false. Well, I think it's all about the nostalgia. And this is the nostalgia that we have about our false stories. Like nostalgia. I'll take it personal to my family, okay, My, my parents were alive during World War II, and they worked in the service effort. They they made bombs in Oak Ridge. Oh, my God. You know, now, oh, was that a wonderful time. Yeah, I heard all the stories. I mean, I heard ridiculous stories about it, which I won't mention on the air here because I don't want to be quoted. But but that was, oh, wasn't that a wonderful time down in Oak Ridge, Tennessee? We were free. We were newlyweds. Our best friends were getting married, and we went there. And, wow, that was wonderful and we made bombs and later on that's what they had to face and dr silkworth 1939 this book's published and he writes this thing and and what was happening in the world at the time that it was over the great depression and over world war one uh oh those old times were really fun back in world war one or in the great depression and oh to take it to our disease oh that sure was fun the ease and comfort that we got indulging in our food addiction but we didn't get that we just kept seeking it and that's our false story of how wonderful it used to be and everybody in the world has a false story in fact most of us have a million of them they rattle around in our little brains when we're trying to meditate and, and what we want to do is deal with them directly. And that's what Dr. Silkworth is talking about. But so he, like us, is just a human being, and he gets it because he studied it. What do we do in this meeting? We study the big book, and then we share our experience with it and our strength and our hope with it. And, and more power to us and more power to Dr. Silkworth. Thanks, Silky, for giving us something to talk about here. And I passed.
1: Thank you. Anita J. Am I up now, Melanie? Yes, you are. Good morning, Anita. Oh, I was unmuting when you said Anita. Uh, hi,
0: this is Anita J. from Massachusetts. Uh, recovered. Recovered. just contemplate that word when someone's been in since 1978 and um, I wanted to focus on the line on the other hand I am now I have been since I'd say I forget what
1: day in July somewhere in July I became on the other hand Oh, I think that we lost you, Anita. Can you press star one again? Anita, are you still with us? Star one, please.
0: Let's continue on then with Vasa, are you available? And then we can get back to Anita if it, if it works out.
6: Yes, good morning, Monica, thank you. Good morning, you. Vasa,
0: thank you. Thanks for stepping in there.
6: Oh, you're welcome. And good morning, everybody else. Um, And I am Vasa calling from Foxborough, Massachusetts, and I am recovered compulsive over EDA. And when I heard about the big book, um, I could not wait to find out what the solution was because I tried to do this for many, many years to try to control it, to find the solution to my Overeating, I didn't even know it was a disease. I didn't know anything about the allergy. and I just, you know, again, I was that hopeless person, and this is where I found hope when uh, I remember when I heard, read the first edition. "We of Alcoholics Anonymous are more than 100 men and women who have recovered from seemingly hopeless state of mind and body. And I remember saying, how did they recover? What did they do? And I said, this is for me. And, uh, again, I'm so grateful I started with the big book. And then the page before, the one we read, it said, More often than not, it is important that a man's brain be cleared before he is approached as he has been a better chance of understanding, accepting what we have to offer. And uh, that was, it seems like, you know, when I read those things or when I I heard them from my sponsor and she said, we need to have, um, we need, in order for us to work the steps, we have to put those certain things down for me was the sugars, of course, the flour too, to clear our minds before we work on the steps. And I did this even one week before I came to my first meeting because she's 12 step me. So I know before I came to my first meeting, I abstained from the sugars. And I, you know, I must have, maybe that's why, you know, I was paying really attention, you know, how the programs worked, you know, how the steps worked even before I came and and i took it very seriously at that time to be to 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 make my mind clearer i my brain clearer i had to put those foods the, the foods down and that's what i did she also said to me oh, you cannot be abstinent by yourself nobody can make you abstinent you have to surrender to God. You have to surrender. You have to sur- get on your knees. That was, you know, and I was a listener. I guess I was so desperate, and I heard whatever I needed to hear, and I was ready to do whatever I needed to he- to do. And, I, you know, I did surrender. I humbled myself, and I got on my knees, and I surrendered to God. I said, God, I can't do this anymore. And I, was, I made that decision, and I was sincere I I mean, I I knew I could not stop. I tried. I needed to find a power greater than myself. And that moment, I had that spiritual experience. And I love the paragraph that we just read. On the the other hand, and strange, uh, as this may seem to those who do not understand, and I was that person that did not understand, once a psychic chance has occurred, the very same person that is me who seemed doomed, who had so many problems, not with just the food with everything in my life he des- 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 he despaired of over solving them, suddenly finds himself easily able to control his desire for food for sugars or food alcohol, whatever my addiction is. the only aff- effort necessary begins that required to follow a few simple rules. And again, you know, it was hard for me the next morning when I just ate my breakfast and not to go to food for the, you know, but I kept on asking God, please help me, please help me. Well, the power came from God that I didn't have to run to the refrigerator till it was my next meal to eat. So it became easier because I was praying, and of course I threw myself into the program and gradually, gradually. But you know, this is the solution, this is the place, you know I would have never known I would have never learned that if, unless I, if I wasn't shown and led from God to come to Owe. Thank you for letting me share that Thank
0: you Anita J. Melanie. See you return. Hi, Anita. Do you want to I, go now? Could I finish that? I'm so sorry I call failed. Uh, here I am again, unless it's God who doesn't want me to tell you this. But it's I, I need to say that you know, that I said I'm now in the on the other hand and I didn't swear off, I didn't do anything. What I did do was listen every day uh got the sponsor, began to do this in a way that I didn't do it in the 90s, and it just evolved. I didn't swear off. My life has become authentic. I didn't know it wasn't. I was originally a theater major, and the show must go on. Every day of my life, the show went on. The show went on. I acted as what I, my version of a normal person. I'd go home in the ease and comfort I would get from the food so I could do it again. And that is what my life was like. And I faced it now. And, you know, I I haven't sworn off. I was at some affair sitting next to somebody who was uh, three times the abstinence of me who was a wreck over the stuff that was available. And I thought, Please God, I was so grateful that wasn't me. She knows what I do. What do I do? I listen to people who know more than me. Every every one of you have a wisdom that I want. And now I think I have it, and I want to keep it by giving it away and by listening and helping. And thank you all for shining a new light here. It, you know what? It's a new light, but it's been there been there and I never saw it because I knew too much. And I thank you all and I pass. Thank you, Anita. Florence F. Great. Well, thanks for remembering me and I'll I'll keep it I'll keep it brief and I I I bless and thank this program for letting newcomers speak. I was in another food program where I never got to speak even though I gave away seventy seven pounds because I had trouble with abstinence. And this paragraph shows you how not to have trouble with abstinence. And, you know, you can look in, in any holy book you, you, you want. You know God can have, make miracles. And I always have trouble with not, the programs that say, we, we, you know, we're not recovered. God can make you recovered, but he tells you through this wonderful inspired book, one day at a time. One day at a time if you will apply these steps. How simple. Complicated people with a simple program. And um, the faith you need is that you need to walk through these steps. I'm wearing a walking cast now, which is kind of ironic. Um, And what this cast does, I think of it like the steps, is to just support me till I'm ready to run. And when I'm ready to run, I'll be running for other people. It's just the way it works. It's not like you get to sit home and, and say, with hubris, say, you know, hey, I crossed the line. Because there's still going to be temptations, we've got this we've got this makeup, this so-called adversity of of addiction, and um gosh, I, I don't know if I'll get the words right, but but you know they're in the paragraph and um uh, and but in adversity, as Shakespeare said, is like a frog with a jewel in its mouth. you know, we're handed this adversity, and not others which, as we all know, can, be, can, can seem worse, but I'm not doubting what we have to struggle with because what we're struggling with is, is being human. What we're struggling with is being a, 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 part, of, a part of the flow and, and, and loving people. And um, I, I had more to say, but I'll save it for next time. And I shout out to my sponsor. My sponsor. So uh, thank you for letting me share, and with that, I pass. Thank you. And we're going to continue on with our reading. Marie P., would you um, read on for us with paragraph 2 and 3 on XXIX?
7: I certainly will. Thank you, Melanie. This is Marie P., a compulsive overeater, recovered. Men have cried out to me in sincere and despairing appeal. Doctor, I cannot go on like this. I have everything to live for. I must stop, but I cannot. You must help me. Faced with this problem, if a doctor is honest with himself, he must sometimes feel his own inadequacy. Although he gives all that is in him, it often is not enough. One feels that something more than human power is needed to produce the essential psychic change. Though the aggregate of recoveries resulting from psychiatric effort is considerable, we physicians must admit we have made little impression upon the problem as a whole. Many types do not respond to the ordinary psychological approach. Uh, on on these two paragraphs, I have um, men uh, have cried out in sincere and despairing appeal. Doctor, I cannot go on like this. You must help me. This is clearly a situation where the alcoholic must rely on his higher power. I say again, must rely on his higher power. The doctor can only help the real addict by giving his support to the man to study and act upon the steps. This uh, paragraph Paragraph 3 here mentions a psychic change. Um, I looked it up, and it means pertaining to the human mind, the mentality of the person. My psychic change began with Step 2. I started in the program as an atheist, and I accepted God, my personal God, as I understand him, by working Step step 2. I felt closer and closer to God with each step. We addicted people and our doctors have to admit more than human power is needed to arrest our addiction. We have to rely on our higher power, and we get in touch with him through the steps. We will have the psychic change if we do this, and that's what we need, the psychic change, so we can overcome our food addiction. And with that I pass, thank you.
0: Thank you, Marie. Who would like to comment on what was read?
8: Nasa C. Janine
0: F. I heard Nasa and then I didn't catch the second one. Janine F. Did I hear Janine or Janine? Janine with a J. Janine, Janine, thank you so much. We'll go with Nasa first and then Janine, thank you.
8: Thank you, this is Nasa C recovered in New Hampshire. Um, newly recovered in New Hampshire, um, I've been listening to a vision um, since June or July. Um, I've been in program for about four years, and um, uh, believe it or not, the spiritual part came um, much easier to me than the physical recovery. Um, I could not seem to stay abstinent. Um, I I could um, I had some pink cloud abstinence and some white knuckle abstinence but um for some reason i couldn't I couldn't stay abstinent, and I was one of those people that cried out to God that i just i needed i needed the abstinence what was I doing wrong? was I too stupid was you know wh- what was I doing wrong and I have to say it was um after going through the steps with a, a step um sponsor and listening to um ruth's um what do we mean by entire abstinence? that I started realizing the reason I couldn't stay abstinent is because I never truly was abstinent from my trigger foods. And since then, um, I have been in recovery. Since then, I haven't been white-knuckling my my abstinence. And, um, you know, I'm not ravenously hungry all the time. And uh, that's what I want to share. Thank you very much.
0: Thank you, Naysa. Janine F. Good morning, everyone, and thank you so much for your service, Melanie. Thank you. Uh, This is Janine F., compulsive overeater from New Hampshire, recovering compulsive overeater. And I just wanted to comment a little bit on a line that we read, I must stop, but I cannot. And it goes along with the insidiousness of the disease. I have have a, a particular memory of being in my kitchen and just, you know how it is, you poke through the cupboards, you poke through the fridge and I I end up I ended up choosing a food but I felt like it wasn't me that was eating. I felt like some other spirit had controlled my body and was moving my moving my hands to my mouth. I knew it was me, but it was almost as if it was a part of me that was completely separate from the rational mind that knew better. And I've heard it said that in the background, the disease is doing push-ups while we're abstinent. And it's important to do what we can to work the steps to live in steps 10, 11, and 12 to not conquer the disease, but learn to manage it. You know, we cannot expect to conquer the disease ourselves. We have to have the help of a higher power. You know, I'm very, very grateful for my day of abstinence yesterday. Thank you, God. And the compulsion to eat was removed because I am working this step. You know, and I'm going to go back to the beginning of that same paragraph. Men have cried out to me in sincere and despairing appeal. And I have done that. I've asked for pills. I've asked for diets. I've gone to nutritionists. I've done it all. And in the end, if I don't have that required psychic change, it's all moot. It doesn't matter. So with that, I'd just like to thank God today for my abstinence and to thank you all for being on this meeting. Have a great day, everyone. I pass. Thank you.
1: We have time for one more three-minute share. Who would like to take that? One more three-minute share, anyone? It's Monica. It's Miriam. Hi, Miriam. Good morning, Q. Miriam G. Thank you. Thank you
9: so much, Melanie. This is Miriam, a composer of our living in the solution one day at a time, living in Israel. Yeah, all these last paragraphs that we read, they're talking about our disease and our despair and our Powerlessness over it, but on the other hand, you know it's telling us very clearly that only a higher power only something higher than ourselves can restore us and can can do something for it, because even this doctor silver with all his good intentions to to help you know he he surrendered also and said, Well, you know I've done the best i can and 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 you know, really, there must be something more than than the knowledge that we have, like doctors or whatever. I would say it's the same thing with within ourselves. I mean, you know, we, that we are trying to carry the message in this in this um, you know meeting, or or even when we when we sponsor people. Uh, you know, the only thing you can do is uh, as humbly as possible carry the message. And what is the message at the end of the day that? God is everything or nothing and and we get it through working the steps you know slowly going through the steps uh you know we get into step nine and and hopefully we we'll get it um, you know a spiritual awakening and then it's a must to live in ten eleven and twelve because we are not we are not cured from these disease we only we only have a daily reprieve one day at a time as long as we keep in fit spiritual condition. Uh, That's what I wanted to share today. Thanks very much,
0: Thank you, Miriam. Thank you for stepping up. And with that, it's time to close our meeting. And thank you to everyone who shared today. With our closing, we will read from the big book on page 164, followed by the serenity prayer. Oh, Rachel M. please read A Vision for You? Our book is meant to be suggestive only.
8: Yes, good morning. This is Rachel. Thank you, Melanie, for your service.